What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Ooh, I'm about to put you through the rigor with this guest's story, y'all. So sit back, grab a cocktail, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. All right, y'all, buckle the fuck up <laughs> for my guest today and her story. Brenna Holman went from being a epic solo traveler, like just really doing it, to being a solo mother not necessarily by choice. I recorded this episode with her in February of this year. So I was, God, February, uh, two and a half months pregnant at that point. And hearing this story from her and what she went through was so intense with like where my hormones were at and how like vulnerable I was feeling with this new pregnancy. I can't imagine being in her shoes and what she went through and how her outlook on all of it turned out through all of the trauma that she experienced. Um, it was really inspiring and she's an incredible human, but really just like her, her story and her outlook on life is something I feel is very special. So we're going to go through her journey with her, but it is a, a happy ending. And I'm just like mostly proud of her, like as a fellow woman and human, like I, I was very, very inspired after recording this interview and I'm excited for you guys to finally get to hear it. So let's dive in. Brenna Holman, welcome to FML Talk. I am so excited to have you here for this conversation, girl. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be on the podcast today. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so when I read your story, I was like, oh, she's like me, but the path went slightly Canadian. differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Canadian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. So yeah. can you tell everybody a little bit about your story, how you kind of like had life happen to you and how it kind of changed the direction of where your life was going? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in Winnipeg, which is actually not a small city, but not many people have heard of it, I think, outside of Canada. And honestly, by the time I reached 18, I was like, I got to get out of here. I want to see the world. I went to university and then I was like, I'm just going to backpack Europe for a summer. That's my dream. My parents lived in a van in the 70s in Europe for two years and everything. I was like, I'm going to follow in their footsteps. And so I thought, I'm going to get this out of my system. That was 2006 mm. and went for the summer and basically didn't come home to Canada yes. until 2018. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kept going. I just loved it so much. I fell in love with traveling. I started a blog at university because it was very cool, like MySpace, LiveJournal, all that stuff. Right. Early oh, LiveJournal. Oh, yes. And that's where I got my start. My, oh, I owe my whole career to LiveJournal. <laughs> um, and yeah, so then after that, you know, I lived in Europe for a long time. I was living in Edinburgh for a year. I moved to Japan for two and a half years. 
And then I backpacked for a solid two years, most of it solo, most of it through Southeast Asia and then Central and South America. Decided to move to London because I love writing and my career was sort of headed that way through my blog. It was sort of the early days of travel blogging and ended up living in London for five years. And kind of at that point, you know, I was traveling constantly and I loved it, but it was my entire persona. That's who Mm -hmm. I was. I was just traveling all the time. And I was like, I want more now. I want to start a family. I want to move home. My family's now all back in Winnipeg. I want a house. I want a garden. I want a dog. And so I moved home and pretty quickly met somebody and thought, okay, this is it. Like, you know, we're on the track to get married, to have kids. That was all being discussed and talked about and then found out I was pregnant Mm-hmm. And of course, this is during the pandemic as well. So oh my God. was already topsy-turvy. Right. <laughs> and I'd lost my, a lot of my writing, you know, contacts and everything in that way. So I was really having to reanalyze where am I going with life? Am I still this traveler? And then got pregnant and yeah, had my world sort of shatter when uh, my partner decided that it wasn't for him actually, that getting married to me and having a baby with me was not what he wanted. So I very quickly then realized I was going to be a single mom at 10 weeks pregnant. And here I am now. And (laughs) it's almost been a year since I've had my son. My son's going to be a year, beginning of April. So it's been a crazy whirlwind. It went from, you know, I always say solo traveler to solo mama. And, uh, And honestly, though, I couldn't be happier. It's such a bizarre thing that I always thought I had to keep traveling and had to be this person, that persona that I talked about. But here I am in Winnipeg with my house and my garden and my dog and (laughs) now my son and great career again. And yeah, it's been quite a ride. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. There's so freaking much to unpack here. So I (laughs) feel like you're probably hoping for like two sentences. No, it's, (sighs) no, it's, it's, it's incredible. And this is why I wanted to have you on the show because your story is so compelling and there's so many different parts that different people can relate to at different stages in their life. And I love that I can relate to many, many of them. So Mm -hmm. let's take it back to when you were basically solo traveling the world. I obviously did a month in Europe and then a month in Southeast Asia, which talking to you feels like the littlest of jaunts no, across no, no. the pond. You know what? I say <laughs> a, a weekend away to the next town over. Solo traveling is amazing no matter how you do it. And I yep. give kudos to absolutely anybody who tries it because it, it can yes. be super scary. So yeah, no, that's yeah. what I say too. I'm like, just start small, go on a little camping trip, exactly. like just do something solo because that's yeah. the life-changing part of it. But exactly. I do know from doing those month-long trips and meeting the people that I met and seeing different places, like how incredibly impactful that is in someone's life. So doing as much as you did solo, like what were some of the highlights of your time solo traveling that stick out to you. I'm sure there's obviously so many, but a few of them. And really like what was the thing that changed you the most as a person around solo traveling? Mm. I think to answer that first, I think just realizing that I could do it. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) You know, just understanding. I was such, when I think about my childhood, I had the most amazing childhood. Like, you know, my parents are fantastic, but I was such a scaredy cat. I was such like, I did not want to leave 
my mom, you know, there's a big thing here where everyone goes to university. There's like a camp every summer. And my sister went, no problem. I made it about two hours before they called saying, you have to come pick Brenna up. Like, oh my God. Have like, I was <laughs> such a wimp. I could not be away from my parents at all. So it's so bizarre to me that then I was like, actually, I'm going to go do this. And I think just realizing that I could do it mm-hmm. and then keep doing it and realizing the other big thing for me was that the world is actually pretty safe. You know, mm-hmm. I think we're told often, especially as women, how dangerous the world yeah. is. And absolutely, we have to take precautions. I'm not saying that we can't just go anywhere and act however we want. But, you know, I think just realizing I can do this, I can go to these countries on my own and very quickly find a travel community. I mean, you know, definitely reading everything you've written, it's like, the same thing where you just find those people who feel like family instantly. Mm-hmm. There's something that happens, I think, when people are on the road and when they meet each other, there's like this instant bond, even if you come yeah. from completely different worlds. So definitely that I think was the biggest takeaway for me. And I think that translated really well into then becoming a single mom. But I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe there was a reason that I did all right. this stuff solo and that I lived on my own for so many years, that I did move to London on my own, that I navigated all these place on my, places on my own. Maybe this was always kind of meant to be, that I was yeah. also supposed to navigate motherhood on my own. Right, right. And then just in terms of the highlights, I mean, it's so cliched, but just the people, the yeah. people that I met, whether it be the local people or other travelers, And I'm still friends with so many people through those travels. And, you know, it can be very bizarre for me when I'm just, I kind of joke that my life now is a bit like Groundhog Day just because up at 5.30 with my son and, you know, breakfast at the same time and walk my dog. Like everything is very, it's an exciting day when I go to the grocery store at this point. (laughs) But, But then I just get this flash of like, oh my God, yep. Yep, I like did that in Paris or like, right. Yep, like I used to like, date hot like, Swedish men when I was in Thailand. Love that for you. Like, Love that for you. <laughs> oh, right. Like here I am wandering the aisles of Walmart and like this other persona. <laughs> right, right. Be. But uh, so I love just getting those flashes of memories and and knowing, you know, how much I can appreciate looking back. And, yeah. and like you, you know, I kept journals of all that time, took so many pictures and stuff. So it's just, I think the highlights are just having those experiences and being like, oh my God, I did that nobody can take that away from me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so beautiful that the biggest lesson you got from the solo travel of like how, and which is the same that I say was mine too, like how capable you are once you're Mm -hmm. on those trips and by yourself, then translated into you being in this situation, being left 10 weeks pregnant, you realize how capable you are and you're prepared for that. I think that's a really beautiful through line of your Mm -hmm. story. Some days I realize I have not eaten an actual meal and then panic at the thought of having to figure out what the hell to cook. When I tell you that Factor Meals has saved me and Tay during the newborn baby phase, I mean that wholeheartedly. They are delicious two-minute meals that involve zero prep, zero cleanup, and are freaking restaurant quality delicious. Sometimes we plate them out and pretend like we cooked it all of ourselves just to make us feel better about life, (laughs) but our stomachs are always thrilled either way because they are so good. Factor meals show up right to your door and they are super flexible with your schedule. You can order as much or as little as you need every week and there are so many different options to choose from, from breakfast, midday bites, and awesome dinners. 
It is less expensive than takeout, trust me, and my credit card bill, and dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Go to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk to get 50% off. If you ask Tay if he could only eat one thing for the rest of his life, the answer would be cereal. Full disclosure, I was first influenced by Miss Morgan Willette to try Magic Spoon cereal, so when I found out I was going to get to offer you guys a deal on it, I was so excited because it is so freaking good. Magic Spoon has zero sugar, so we can not only have it for breakfast, but late night snacks, and it's perfect for the kiddos to get them a healthy meal without the sugar crash. I love their variety pack. Four flavors are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs per serving. Made with wholesome ingredients and no artificial flavors or dyes. Big yay. It is high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. Tay and my bonus daughter are cereal connoisseurs, and they are in love with Magic Spoon and cannot believe it's packed with as much goodness as it is. Go to grab a variety pack and try it today. I promise you guys will not be disappointed. And be sure to use our promo code at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Try a delicious bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash FMLtalk and use the code FMLtalk to save $5. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. I've always been kind of skeptical about custom beauty products, but I will say Pros was able to change my mind on that. Pros is custom made to order hair care and skin care that is personalized with a unique blend of ingredients just for you. I finally started self-love care in the form of dyeing my hair again, and their shampoo, anti-brass conditioner, and hair mask have really done wonders for my hair. The quiz you take is specific, so they really get to know what your needs and wants are. They even asked me about the climate where I live and how often I'm in different elements to get me exactly what I needed. Since I've been using Pros, my color is holding better and my hair is all around healthier after the postpartum havoc that was wrecked on it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, Pros proved that personalization works better than buying off the shelf. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they are offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash FMLtalk. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash FMLtalk for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash FMLtalk. What are, just to satisfy my travel bug obsessions, what were some of your like all-time favorite places that you went 
I know it's also like the most impossible question. I know. Yeah. And it, <laughs> I feel it changes all the time too, because you can just randomly have a memory and be like, yes, that's my favorite country. Right. right. Like, I mean, Italy. Uh, mm. I went to Italy. So living in London, I actually worked it out that it was cheaper, often cheaper for me to get a flight to uh, just a random city in Italy through Ryanair stay in a hostel for three nights and eat delicious food and just yep. wander around and sightsee than it was to have a weekend out in London. Right. Oh, for so, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd often do that and just fly to Italy and, you know, got to know the country really well, obsessed with the food, definitely had my fair share of dalliances there. Mm-hmm. So that was always, always a fun country to go to <laughs> uh, for a single woman. And yeah, I think the countries that always really stand out for me, one of my last really big trips before moving back to Canada was I did six weeks in East Africa with my mm-hmm. mom, actually. So we went to Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda, and Tanzania yeah, wow. and ended up in Zanzibar. We always joke that, you know, we've been to so many honeymoon spots together and it's like, well, yeah, at least at least I know I'll always have good memories with this person. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, I never have to worry that you're oh, like, I, I, took like oh. all, I took all of my honeymoons. It just was with my mother yeah. instead. Of- <laughs> I know at this point I'm going to have to go with the guy to Fargo or something. But uh, if I ever get married. <laughs> but uh, no, it's definitely that was just like an unbelievable trip. The people I met and the experiences, the safaris, like it was just it had been my absolute, absolute dream to visit that part of the world. So that yeah. was huge. And I think another big sort of like bucket list place for me was Bhutan. Mm. And that was just, again, like unbelievable. Again, the people really stand out in just how incredible everyone was. And just to feel here I am in this beautiful, peaceful place in the world and the mountains are all around. It felt very, it sounds so cliche, but it felt very spiritual to me and felt very... um, impactful so yeah I mean yeah I could go on and on but Colombia is always one that I recommend especially to solo travelers yeah. Colombia was super fun and, and yeah and I, I, I love that you say that you realize like how safe the world is because that's a question I get all the time is like weren't you scared and like you know being a solo female traveler like is that safe and I've never felt unsafe on any of my solo trips, especially like in Asia, it was like, you could be out walking at 2am in the morning in Thailand. And I was like, yeah, okay. And it's, if you comparatively look at it in comparison to the US, it's like, it's probably safer than if you're like walking around your hometown. It's just being aware, like horrible stuff can happen anywhere. So as long as you're being smart and being Mm -hmm. aware, like that's all that you need to do when you're Mm -hmm. traveling. For sure. I know. I was just about to say say the same thing that unfortunately bad things happen everywhere. So, you know, just taking those precautions, making sure that you are with a good group of people, hopefully. And and I always stay in hostels, even while I haven't obviously traveled for a while, but, uh, you know, just to meet that good core group, especially to, I find, connect with other women and know that we're taking care of each other. And yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, I would be more nervous about walking around at night in many North American cities than, you know, a lot of places around the world. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What is one of your biggest tips for people who solo travel, I get asked all the time, like, how did you find the courage to do it? Like, I'm so scared, but I I have like this urge to my situation was a bit different because it was like, I had two days to decide and it was like, yeah. well, my shit's already packed. I guess I'm going. <laughs> yeah. um, the Asia trip was a little different, but I, I tell the story all the time. And I write about it in the second book that 
when I was at the airport, I had like a full blown panic attack. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, why did I think I could just get on a plane and fly to Vietnam and like chill for a month? Like, I'm insane. This is dumb. And then the second the plane takes off and you're in the air, you're like, oh, right. I'm a badass. This is going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. So I always try and tell people just push through and like force yourself to get over that first anxiety hump. And then it'll all be worth it because on the other side of fear is all like the epic growth that you're going to go through. So what are some of your tips for people that want to solo travel, but have some fear around it? Yeah. I mean, again, I absolutely agree. Anytime I've had any doubts, those very quickly vanish. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. As soon as the plane takes off, it's like, well, I can't go anywhere now. Right, right. So Definitely for me, kind of as we said at the beginning, even just to do something small, I think a lot of people, myself included, it can feel really weird to think about going out for dinner on our own or Mm -hmm. going to a movie by ourselves or, you know, to do these things. And, you know, I think, was it the Moulin Rouge maybe where you went? And it was like, like, you know, just one. And so we can have that, you know, sort of anxiety about it. But I think realizing nobody cares as much as you care. Nobody, right. I like to kind of flip the narrative and imagine, okay, instead of thinking that people are going to be looking at me doing this on my own and pitying me, what if they're looking at me and being like, she's a badass or like, who is that woman who's yeah. here? Like, you know, drinking champagne on her own right, at right. You know, Moulin Rouge and like, oh, that's kind of cool. So try to flip the narrative in your head to be like, what if you know, instead of thinking everyone's judging me, what if they're actually thinking that's really awesome. And I wish I had that courage and that bravery as well. And I think exactly, as you said, just taking that first step as scary as it is, you don't necessarily have to go somewhere, you know, far flung. You can just go to another city nearby, take a day trip, just do it slowly, go to a museum by yourself. If you're nervous about getting out there and doing those things. And I think very quickly you realize how fun it can be, how relaxing, how peaceful and the beauty or the freedom of that independence where it's like, mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want. I can have dinner at this time if I want. I can go to this place five days in a row if I want to. And I'm right. traveling and I have a delicious meal. I don't have to go to this landmark if I don't want to. You know, I can do whatever I want. I think that independence, that freedom is just, once you realize you have it, I think that's mm-hmm. for me why I kept solo traveling. Even yeah. if I did have great friends who, you know, wanted to go or a partner who wanted to go, I still took a lot of solo trips because that was my time to just yeah. be exactly who I wanted to be yeah. and do exactly oh, what I wanted to do. I so agree with you. I had friends that wanted to join me on the Asia trip and I was like, mm, no, I'm good. Like it, it's, you're right. When you finally go and experience what it's like to not be on someone else's schedule, it's so freeing. And mm-hmm. Yes. Are the first times you go out like a little uncomfortable and like you're sitting at dinner, but I always say like, take a journal, take a book, take something mm-hmm. to kind of like be a crutch for that first time you do it. And then after that, it gets, it becomes empowering and you're like, yes. oh, this is awesome. Like yes. I'm a badass. And I think, exactly. I think you're so right. I think people are looking at the solo travelers being like, fuck yeah, that chick's like yeah. really doing it. <laughs> I don't know. And you're, you are far more likely in my experience to meet new people when you're on your own. 100%. Yeah. So there's also that aspect. Can I ask how old you are? Because I want to talk about different ages at hostels. I know you mm-hmm. haven't been in a few Since, years, yeah, obviously, before with the, the pandemic. With the pandemic. Yeah. How old were you at your last hostel? So I'm 38, okay. 39 soon. I just wrote a list of all the things I want to 
not achieve, but feel by the time I'm 40. Oh, I love that. That was kind of, I was, this, it weirds me out a bit because I distinctly remember both my parents' 40th birthday parties and like big over the hill signs. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's coming. But uh, I've met all ages of hostels. And so the last time I would have been in a hostel was, I was at hostels in Canada in 2018, 2019. Okay. Uh, And I stayed in hostels in 2019 in Europe as well. Okay, great. Yeah, I was there just a few years ago. And yeah, I feel there was such a mix of ages. Absolutely. It can be a younger group. What I often look for now are hostels that have private rooms. Mm -hmm. So I love that because it's the the best of both worlds. You can have that in, you know, that space to yourself. But then you have the, the social common areas. Aspect. Exactly. Yeah. And you can yeah. still sign up for the pub crawl or whatever they're going to be doing. So that's definitely what I look for. And I would still, you know, I hope in however many years to be taking my son and staying in hostels and stuff too and getting oh, him I introduced because I think my first experience in a hostel is I was 13 in England. So yeah, I just find they're fantastic for all ages and mm. to not be intimidated, you know, and to do the research because there are some vastly different types of yeah hostels. yeah for sure no I mean but, like a hostile world is literally it's like Airbnb like you just go yeah, you and find you dive, what you're looking for yeah you dive into the reviews and like if it says it's a young party hostel like maybe don't go there you know it's pretty simple to like kind of pick and choose what kind of a experience you're looking for absolutely yeah yeah oh definitely. I love that I love that you're looking forward to taking your son and like getting him introduced to all of that especially like because you did all that during the pandemic so I'm sure it's like a very different kind of way of life than you're used to living. Yes. Yeah, definitely. That was, you know, now I'm just so focused on being a mom that my brain doesn't even really go there of missing traveling. But for sure, when it happened, I mean, instantly, you know, a bunch of trips were canceled and it was like, I always tell the joke, it's not a joke. It's real. (laughs) I always laugh. In August, 2020, my accountant later had to say to me, sorry, I think you made a mistake. Like on your income for the year, you claimed 37 cents in August of 2020. And I was like, no, no, (laughs) that's really how much I earned. Like going from, you know, I always, now I can laugh about it three years later or whatever, but at the time, early 2020, I was like, this is amazing. I'm at the peak of my career. Like I am finally at a place as a travel writer and travel blogger. Like I'm I can go anywhere. Anyone wants to host me. You know, I was maybe a little too cocky and then, yeah, all came crashing down. So it's going to be, I think, a very different world for me and a very different type of traveling. When I do venture out, it probably won't be for a while before I go anywhere too far, probably stick pretty close to home for the first few years uh, with my son. But yeah, then I just, I'm excited to get back out there whenever I can. So yeah, I love that. All right. So let's get into the kind of heavier part of your story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm to the sip of water then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, let me, let me prepare. Yeah, let me just. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, you know, to the degree that you're comfortable with, I'm mm-hmm. pregnant right now. And I, when I read your story, like took this big hit because I was like, oh my God, I know how vulnerable and how many different emotions I'm feeling right now. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine going through something like that. So what led to that? Were you completely blindsided? How did you kind of handle getting that news? Well, I don't know if anyone can ever, you know, 
prepare, even if I had had some warning, I feel it was just, but no, yeah, I was blindsided. It was like, you know, lying on the beach here on one of the the lakes. We do have beaches here in the the middle of Canada Um, Mm -hmm. and picking out our baby names. And then the next day I found out I was pregnant. And the day after that, I found out I was most likely going to be a single mom and then spent the next few weeks begging, essentially. I don't even know, like just trying to talk through things and be like, I can't do this. Like, please stay. I mean, ultimately that was his decision. He just, you know, I think he, I can't speak for him because I can't, I'm not him. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, he just decided that actually isn't what he wanted. I think it just became very real for him. And it's not that he didn't want to be a father and he is involved in my son's life, but just didn't want to be with me. And I think that was uh, a really hard pill to swallow. Yeah. So there was the rejection and like being broken up with. But then, oh my God, there's so much more to this. This isn't just like another breakup that I'm like, okay, off to travel, you know, sure. off to do something and forget about yeah. it. It's like, no, this is now coming with really serious consequences that now I'm going to be a single mom. And what the fuck am I going to do? What am I going to do for money? What am I, I just started a new business and just started a huge home renovation at the same time that I was dumped and found out I was pregnant. And it was just like, okay, I have a timeline here and I have to be over this. I have to be ready to go when the, you know, 40 weeks are up. So, I mean, it was absolutely devastating. And I just last night I was talking to my dad on the phone and I was like, uh, do you remember this is my office and I was renovating the whole like bedrooms and stuff. So I'd have more space. Like, do you remember that I slept on a mattress on the floor in my office for like two months while I was pregnant? Like, how did I do that? I I keep looking back and like, how did I do that? (laughs) Like the first night, you know, I gave birth. It was a fast and furious, amazing birth. Then my mom was with me and then my mom went home to get some rest. And I was just like, like I had changed maybe three diapers before my son's right. And here I was in the hospital, just like with this newborn being like, oh, what? what now? But yeah. yeah, but I don't know if I even thought that way though. At the time, I think I was just so in it and so involved and I just knew I had to do it. I knew right. I had to survive and take care of this little boy and this tiny little baby. And I think that was my mentality all along that, you know, much like we had talked about with solo travel, it's like, I just know I'm going to do it and I have to do it. There's no other choice. I think only now, a year later, I can look back and be like, what? Like right. how? <laughs> I went through all that. Like I put together the crib by myself at eight months yeah. pregnant. I did all, I put together every piece of Ikea furniture and like I was doing this and still working. And, you know, even in the first month that I was home with my son, I still was working because I didn't qualify for mat leave because my, because I run my own businesses and stuff like that. And it was like, it is crazy when I think about it, but I think I can finally say, I'm so proud of myself. I think I was almost yeah. like, I can't, brag about this like so many people have been through our single moms and been through things but I think to actually take ownership of it and be like fuck, fuck yeah. yeah I did that like <laughs> I did this yeah and I'm continuing to do it and you know it still hits me and I still get very emotional thinking about because I am turning 39 this year I would like another child and I'm not sure if that would happen with a partner you know mm-hmm. maybe I would consider doing it on my own again 
but that can hit me where I'm like, I'm never, I didn't get to experience all the Mm. beautiful, magical things that we see in the movies, which as we know, are not always reality, but that I didn't even get a chance at that. Right. I didn't get to tell my family, for example, you know, I'm pregnant and and have all the celebrations. Mm. It was like, I'm pregnant and he's leaving me. Right. That was my story. So there's still a lot of sadness surrounding it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I have my son who is like the greatest thing in the entire world. And I never knew how much I would love being a mom, but it's just like the best. (laughs) So I try to look at that balance. Did you ever, when you were going through like the shock and the heartbreak of it all, Mm -hmm. have fear around, I'm sure there were nights where there was emotion coming out and you were crying. Were there ever feelings of like, oh God, I can't continue to feel like this because it could affect the baby in a negative way? Yeah. I mean, I talked to my doctor a lot because I was really nervous about stress and I, you know, my doctor was amazing and he was very much like, don't worry healthy like your baby's super healthy so that kind of gave me gave me some peace but it was more just worried about I don't want to be carrying all this shit this Mm -hmm. emotional baggage into them having my baby at home it's one thing right now you know I'm doing everything I can take my nice baths and try to meditate and try to be calm and you know do what I can to stay peaceful in the pregnancy but then I don't want all these emotions to resurface when now all of a sudden I'm up every hour and a half breastfeeding and taking care of a newborn completely on my own. So I had to really work through that and really focus on how can I be the strongest person possible emotionally and physically when my baby's born, because yeah. it's going to be a hurricane of you know emotions. And I honestly, I look back at pictures of those first basically like six months. I'm like, when was this? What right. is this? Like, who is this person in this photo? And who is this baby? Like, I have, I was just in survival mode. Yeah. But I am so glad that I did the work that I needed to do in my pregnancy and was in a lot of therapy. And I think the biggest thing, you know, with healing from whether it be divorce or something, you know, like this or any big trauma is we have to actually confront it and deal mm-hmm. with it. We can't just push it aside. And especially in this case, because I had that timeline, I didn't want that leaching into my relationship with my son or, you know, I was really worried, what if I have postpartum depression or anxiety? And I didn't, thankfully, but I wanted to make sure I was super strong and that I felt like I've dealt with this. There's going to be a whole slew of other crazy emotions that are going to come, but at least this part, I can say I've healed as much as I can possibly heal before my son is born. Did you feel like there was like compassion and accountability from your ex on his part? Like, was there remorse in the fact that he was making this decision when you were 10 weeks pregnant and vulnerable? Or was it just kind of like, this is what I got to do and it's not in the cards? I think the latter. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And again, it's really difficult. To yeah. like go through such a big heartbreak and not even feel like I'm sorry and this mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that would have helped with a lot of healing if I right. had had, and I'm, I'm sorry. But you know what? At this point now, it's like just, I try not to think about any of that and try not to focus on what happened in the pregnancy. And really, really, really to me now, it's just about what's best for my son. And yeah. 
you know, making sure that my son is going to have the greatest life with both parents involved. So, you know, that's also tough for anybody who does go through that and co-parenting is is really difficult yeah. um can oh, I've, be difficult. I've, I've witnessed it in many accounts <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah can be so I think just really focusing on what is best for my son and making sure that I hope that my son grows up and doesn't know any of this doesn't right. know you know, maybe I'll have to not tell him the podcast and <laughs> until he's a bit older. Don't Google but, uh, my name ever. Yeah, Thanks. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do think about that. But yeah, to just basically, I hope that he just knows that he's growing up surrounded by love. Yeah. And that he doesn't know about that his story coming into this world was was different than some people's. Right. right. Um, what do you mm-hmm. think was the biggest thing that you attribute to healing? from heartbreak and coming back from that was it just the Um, fact that you like had to do it you were like I don't have a fucking choice I think in this case yes Mm -hmm. I think just really focusing on my baby and like I knew I was in the bathroom here and took the pregnancy test and like I knew I was pregnant and as soon as the lines you know turned blue or whatever test I took I knew I was having a little boy and it was just like this driving force of I have to be the best mom possible for him. So I have to get over this. The big thing for me is I don't want him to see me cry. Even as a little, little baby, I don't want him exposed to that. And I think I've done a fairly good job. There may have been a few 4 a.m. Like, <laughs> why aren't you sleeping? Like, no, why did nobody tell me how hard breastfeeding is? Um, but, uh, you know, I think that definitely, but therapy big time. I'm a huge fan of therapy. Yeah. I believe I wish everybody can be in therapy. I wish therapy wasn't so expensive. I wish it yeah. was covered more, at least in Canada. It's quite difficult to get covered. And just kind of really leaning on the people in my life who I love. So I have amazing friends, amazing family. And, you know, just really, it's cliche when you hear about, oh, when you break up, make sure to make time for yourself. But it's true to cook the meals you love cooking, to go for a walk with the dog, to watch a movie that always makes you feel good. Like to just really try to focus on those things. And I remember distinctly when I started to laugh again. Mm. And also when I started to get really excited, I was always excited about my son, but to really, really think about it and really think about the future. And I think now, you know, my mom always says to me, I didn't realize that's what your true laugh sounded like. Mm-hmm. When I'm laughing that hard and for that long with my son and nobody's ever been able to have that effect on me. Um, that it's just like this pure, amazing love. So I'm so thankful that because of that, I think, as you said, I really had no choice but to get over it. Whereas in the past, you know, other breakups, I've had my fair share and some of them have gotten over a little too quickly, maybe. And then others, others, it's like, why am I still hung up on this guy? Yeah, I feel that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So have you ever thought about writing a book of all of your travels and your your crazy adventures and your stories. I did write a book. And actually, I have to say, you've really inspired me to pick it up again. I was telling my mom about you and your story and and your book. And my mom is a writer as well. My mom's an author. Oh, amazing. And uh, yeah, so she was like, why don't you pick up the book that you wrote a few years ago? So I wrote a book as part of my master's. Mm. And it is an epistolary, so a series of letters to people I met on my travels and people oh, who affected my travels. I think the thing I struggled with there is that all of the chapters that are written to 
men that mm-hmm. my travels are super interesting and like they just, yeah. I don't want to say in my mind they're super interesting right, right. people reading it is like this is shit but um <sighs> I think that there's like they're a bit juicier and you know and then the other ones I just feel they're lacking a little bit so I, I'd like to look at it and see if I can bring it back to life yeah because I would love to self-publish or but that was very much that book was written about my travels up kind of mostly through Southeast Asia and like a year in Southeast Asia and a year in Central and South America. Mm-hmm. So I would love to write a book as well about kind of this experience of all of that and then going to yeah. this life. And um, I know from my very frantic Googling at two in the morning, like, <laughs> you know, dumb 12 pregnant and like, what, the, what am I going to do? And <laughs> that there really isn't a lot out there for pregnant people who have who find themselves in this situation Mm -hmm. so I would love to expand on that yeah I think that would be really beautiful and help a lot of people and I think that it's still interesting even if it's not someone that's like this is my situation I want to read this to like get some guidance I think Mm -hmm. it's still your story is still so captivating and I'm sure the more intimate details that you could expand upon in a writing sense are really powerful Mm -hmm. yeah I just think you know Pregnancy is such an amazing, incredible journey as you're, you know, you're on right mm-hmm. now. And um, I just think that there's so much to be shared with people at all, you know, in all different circumstances. And that's any way that we can help each other out. I just, I love that. I love yeah. that part of the internet of, of especially, you know, women helping women. It's always been my favorite thing about being a blogger and, and yeah. uh, the readership and everything behind that. That's amazing. Brenna, your story is so incredible. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Can you tell everybody where they can find you online, where they can find the travel blog, where they can, you know, kind of get all your stuff? Yeah. So my blog is thisbatteredsuitcase.com. <laughs> Love and, that. Uh, yeah. It came from a quote many, many years ago and it's always stuck with it. So that's always, that's my name online as well on Instagram, This Bared Suitcase and Facebook. And I also, the business that I started, I run a website called Road Trip Manitoba. So that's a little bit more niche for people who'd be traveling to Manitoba. Um, right. <laughs> but uh, that's what I started in the pandemic. But yeah, This Bared Suitcase, you'll find a lot, a lot of tales of romance and and a lot of things about my solo pregnancy and Mm. a little bit about being a single mom I finally now that my son's almost one have a bit more time to write and to post so hopefully be posting a lot more there soon but yeah there's everything I've been blogging since 2003 so (laughs) there's a lot (laughs) I love that so much if you could leave any single mamas or people that are experiencing going through a pregnancy solo with one kind of piece of advice or a little bit of hope, what would that be? I think, again, it just sounds so cliche. It sounds so cheesy, but you can do this mm-hmm. and it can be so, it can feel so insurmountable and so hard, but I promise you can do it. And I promise it is going to get better and that you are one day going to, you know, be having a day with your child, with your kids and, you know, just be laughing. Everything's going to fall in place and it's going to be like, right. Okay. This is why, you know, I had to go through this. It sucks. I wish it upon nobody, but really, you know, there is so much beauty and there is so much joy there as well. And yeah, if you can get to therapy or talk to friends and family, because really don't be afraid of 
telling your story of talking about it. Don't be ashamed of your story. Mm-hmm. Get it out there. Talk to people because I guarantee you other people are going through something similar and you know, it just, you need to get it off your chest and that will be a huge part of healing. And so you can be the best mom for your kids. So. Mm, I love that. Brenna, thank you so much for being here and for sharing so yeah, much of thank your, you so your much story. For having me. Really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I want to thank Brenna so much for coming on and sharing her story in such a vulnerable way that, I mean, like, God, you just have a little bit of perspective from hearing other people's stories, and it really helps you zoom out on the bullshit that you are dealing with in your life. And for me, hearing her story and how she came out the other end and what she's taken from it is such a beautiful reminder that even the things that we can't rationalize in the moment of everything happens for a reason, when you are on the other side of it, you can look back and see all of the reasons that can positively spring you forward in your life. And to me, that is super fucking inspiring. You go, girl. I am championing you on from afar. We need more badass women like you on this planet. I love you guys. I will see you all next week. All right, FMLers, if you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatprayfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.